God of the prophets, bless the prophets' heirs. Each age for thine own solemn task prepares. Make each one stronger, nobler than the last. Amen. On Friday morning, I had a sermon. And then Friday happened, and I was speechless. The first thing I thought was, how will I teach the girls in this congregation to lean into our tradition when they're trying to make sense of the world? How will I be a pastor to the women who have shaped their decisions and patterned their lives after Jesus? How will I be a priest to all people on every side of all these complicated issues who in the name of the same God have committed to different directions for their lives? How will my three boys hear me proclaim God's gospel imperative in this moment when all the world seems upside down and everything I have taught them about what is good and right is up for sale to the highest bidder here in America and really everywhere. How will I tell you, the congregation I love, about the God of whom the psalmist sings, the one that makes me sing? My heart, therefore, is glad and my spirit rejoices. How will I sing the next line? My body also shall rest in hope when it feels like my body is under attack. How could I convince you of what Paul wrote to the Galatians, that for freedom Christ has set us free, when even in America lots of us feel anything but free? How could I make you believe that the whole of the law is summed up in a single commandment, love your neighbor, when today's laws, made by mostly Christians, have nothing to do with love. How can I stand before you and tell you that the ways of the world are not the ways of the church? When the truth is, the church has been telling me what to do with my body and my mind and my spirit for that matter since the first day I self-identified as a Christian. How can I tell you that every child of God is beloved? When my sisters, especially those in poverty and living on the margins, believe that they are anything but treasured, worried that their own bodies are a danger to them, are told that their minds aren't capable of making decisions and feel that their voices have been silenced. How can I follow along in the bulletin with liturgy written and maintained by a patriarchal institution that demonstrates 
that everything that is holy and male, everything that is holy and divine is male. How can I open my sermon in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? How can I channel God's good news in a sermon that speaks louder than the liturgy I love? How can I faithfully pray the Our Father? How can I recite the creed one more time without naming the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, as female? How can I faithfully be a priest of the tradition and at the same time be true to the God who chose to make me a woman, to give me a woman's body and a woman's heart, and who, knowing that I was a woman, ordained me in this church. All day long, all weekend long, really, I've been torn open, like all of you, about a myriad of things. I'm heartbroken. Not because of my opinion on the actions of the Supreme Court or any moral convictions I have about the right to choose, not even about my stance on abortion, which I promise you, you do not know about me, even if you think you do. I was heartbroken. I am heartbroken because of the one thing that you probably do know about me, that when anyone's heart breaks, mine breaks. My heart, and I believe the heart of God that dwells in me, breaks when half of God's creation is being subjugated to the other half of God's creation. When even one of God's people is pitted up and against another. When wrestling for power triumphs over wrestling for love. When the world is in turmoil and the poor and the marginalized, they bear the burden. I think God's heart breaks when creation has become a place where anyone's humanity is threatened. Where anyone isn't given equal status. Where anyone's bodies don't matter. Where anyone's experiences aren't validated. Where, any, where what anyone knows in their heart isn't trusted. When anyone's divine nature isn't recognized. That is not the kingdom of God. God made all of us, and we are all gods, all of us. We are all holy in God's sight. The world and the nation, and yes, friends, even the church, need to get to work on fixing this, lifting up the humanity of all, the oppression, the subjugation, the silencing of anyone is an abomination to God because God's dream for the kingdom is equality. Jesus made disciples, male and female. The Holy Spirit just simply isn't captive to a certain gender or race or nation, but descends equally on us all.
which is kind of funny because that was the sermon that I had written on Friday. That the kingdom of God comes to anyone who surrenders to the ways of God and follows Jesus on the way and lets the Holy Spirit guide them into fullness of life without dismissing anyone else's humanity. It's then, and only then, that we will see glimpses of the kingdom instead of the ruin which our human will begets. It, it just took me a couple days to come back to center. It took me 10 hours in the car in silence. It took the confidence of some good friends and many, many, many edits of this sermon. It took reading the letter from the presiding bishop that Timothy left for you at the door to remember again that my job is to look to this tradition and to make my voice heard in the way I feel called. It took me rereading the resolution from the 1994 General Convention of the Episcopal Church to remember that my church, our church, they had my back and my body. And it took me realizing that surrendering to God isn't conditional to the whims of the world. Following the way of Jesus isn't subjective to the circumstances of life. And that the Holy Spirit, <laughs> she's hovering over us regardless of the state of the union. God is good, not just when the nation's at peace, not just when the laws are fair, not just when the divides between us are bridged. It's never been like that. We don't walk in the ways of Jesus only when the world accommodates it. That's why Jesus had to choose a different path. The Holy Spirit doesn't wait for the kingdom to descend. God gave us this covenant so that we would know peace and love and joy despite the circumstances. Jesus came to show us the way, not because the world is full of happiness and rainbows and affirmation and ease, but to demonstrate to us that discipleship is worth it. The Spirit came to help us uncover our true selves because the world is never going to offer that. God gave us all the same directive throughout time and to every person. God gave us this directive because God made us full of humanity and divinity, capable of bearing Christ in the world and bringing about the kingdom of God. We are all born already holding the fruits of the Spirit. They aren't traits we acquire or things that we get if we're good. God created us this way to know all the fruits of the Spirit, to love and joy and peace and patience and kindness 
and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and gave us Jesus to show us and the Spirit to guide us. But somewhere along the way, we forgot. We forgot that the subjugation of any is the detriment to all. We forgot to let the Spirit redirect us and to go where she leads. We got caught up in our story, not God's story. We, like the disciples in today's gospel, but first, when Jesus said, follow me, we had other things to do when Jesus invited us to be disciples, to know and to live the good life, to bring people in, to gather at table, to clothe the naked and soothe the suffering and feed the hungry. We actually thought we knew more than God and justified postponing following Jesus' way and his teachings and his healings and his open-hearted generosity because it just didn't really fit our agenda. All this time, all this time, we've been offered a way out of a life full of enmity and strife and anger and factions and fleshy human ways. We just closed our ears to it. We tried it our way and kept saying, oh, yes, but first let me. But first, let me get everything straightened out here. But, but first, Jesus, let me make sure I have enough. But, but first, let me make sure it's safe. But, sure, but first, let me make sure I, I like your plan. But first, I mean, you fill in your blank. We all have thousands of reasons for not living out and proclaiming and following the way. And actually, some of them are pretty well-intentioned, but they do not produce the kingdom. I mean, look where we have ended up. Look around. Our way, it isn't getting us anywhere. Our best intentions aren't getting us any closer to the kingdom. We are using this world reasoning and hoping for an otherworldly reality. Follow me. Yes, but. Yes, but. Yes, but. I mean, I did it. I did it on Friday. I thought to myself, I mean, I'd preach, but I am frustrated with the church's compliance. I'd love to pursue love and joy and peace, but I'm mad at my neighbor. I'd pursue patience and kindness and generosity, but I have to fight for the poor. Well, I'd be faithful and gentle and use self-control, but someone's got to do something about this. <laughs> it was a joke, really. Uh, I was like James and John, ready to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them all, all the guns, all the Supreme Court, all the leaders of the nations at war, even the church. It's actually kind of funny, isn't it? Telling Jesus we think we know what God wants, or acting like, our raging or fighting or violence is an act of service to God. God doesn't want that. 
Jesus never asked for that. Jesus asked us to follow him, to let go of our fear and our rage and our agenda, and to surrender to the ways of God, to walk in his steps, and to bring about the kingdom. Jesus said, follow me unequivocally. Not if the nation is on your side. Not if the church is a flawless institution. Not if everyone agrees with you. Jesus said, follow me unconditionally. No matter whether things are going your way or not. No matter whether the empire reflects your views or not. No matter whether you feel like it or not. Follow me. Follow me before you try to fix the things that are broken. Follow me before you settle things at home. Follow me, regardless of what is behind you or chasing after you or dragging you down. Follow me. Because it will get you where you want to go. Especially today, when the world is broke, and wars, and earthquakes, and poverty, and hunger, and hate, and disparity, and inequity, and injustice seem to prevail. Our best hope is following in Jesus' way if we want to end up somewhere different tomorrow. We're going to get there because disciples sign up, and then show up, and walk in the ways of God and follow Jesus' call, and let the Spirit guide them into the truth, the truth that we were born for good. I have to encourage you, even in the midst of my grief, to do this. You have to encourage me, especially when I'm grieving, to do this. We have to keep coming to church despite its imperfections. We have to keep believing that our bodies, our experiences, our divinity is not up for debate. Regardless of how you ident identify, because God said it was so, and Jesus showed us it was true. We have to keep looking to this tradition and working hard to reform it. We have to keep speaking our truth despite the danger so that we can protect the poor and the marginalized who will undoubtedly feel the burden of the votes of the rich and powerful and work to repair the institutions that breed inequality the laws and the policies of this nation, even the church we love. We have to keep making peaceful protest whenever hate tries to win over love. We have to keep loving our enemy. We have to keep leaning in to the God of the Psalms and sing our, prouder, our praises even louder we have to try harder 
to be the person who chooses love and joy and peace and kindness and patience and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control because that's our true self. And we just have to quit the but firsts and follow even when we think we have really good reasons to put him off. We have to surrender to God's plan for salvation and let the Spirit guide us and go where she leads. We have to set our faces towards Jerusalem because that was where the things of this world were completely overturned. And I want to go there. Don't you?